Look at that beautiful view. Sydney Harbour. It's about 6 p.m. Been walking all day, but uh, I can miss this opportunity to warn you about the rise of semi fascism. And semi fascism, guys, it's all around us. Can't be too careful. a huge collection of professional conservatives with national aspirations, some of whom were drawn away from New York and Washington, D.C. during the pandemic, and almost all of whom gravitate not toward the former president in Palm Beach, but rather toward the state's governor, Ron DeSantis. The near-unanimous favorite 2024 presidential contender of both the movement and the party's establishment. The halls of the Miami... Okay, so this is Jonathan Shape writing in New York Magazine about the rise of a semi-fascist party, the Republicans in the United States. Semi-fascist, guys, you can't be too careful. In Marriott were teeming with conservative networkers, and the panels were especially well-stocked with a class of once-marginal right-wing pundits, Joshua Hammer, Sean Davis, Molly Hemingway, Michael Anton, David Reboy, semi-fascist. who were far more in tune with the desires of the audience than the largely Trump-skeptical class of incumbent conservative columnists who still make appearances in the mainstream media. But the conference's speakers were not confined to the kind of insurgent figures who provide color at freak show events like CPAC or even previous iterations of the National Conservatism Conference. Quite the opposite. At times, the gathering had the flavor of a party convention. Uh -oh. This year's oh, roster included the presidential candidate favored by the party's establishment in 2016, Marco Rubio, who conspicuously included himself in the movement's ranks. Those of us who call ourselves national conservatives. It featured, in addition to DeSantis... Okay, I'll admit that that phrase, national conservative, sounds rather lame. But, uh... Marco Rubio is in this movement, guys. It must be semi-fascist. The head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, Rick Scott. Josh Hall. Okay, Rick Scott's so incompetent. Uh, I don't think he could uh, organize his way out of a paper bag. The junior senator from Missouri. The financier Peter Thiel. And several candidates for Congress. They were joined by some of the leading lights of the conservative intelligentsia. People who command large social media followings, head powerful think tanks, or have held influential positions in government. Rod Rear, Christopher DeMuth, John Yu. Very scary. All these very powerful people, they're flirting with semi-fascism. Don't let this beautiful side of nature you know, lower your alarm levels. Yoram Hazoni. We can overcome this together, guys. The conference was organized by the Edmund Burke Foundation uh -oh. and co-sponsored. Nothing says fascism like Edmund Burke, right? 18th century British intellectual. By 14 other conservative organs, including the Heritage Foundation, the Claremont Institute, and the Hillsdale College Graduate School of Government. Wow, what a bunch of semi-fascists. And they walk among us, that's what's so scary. But while every political conference has points of disagreement and speakers harping on their chosen hobby horse, this one was striking in its unified view of the world the participants face and the response they believe is necessary. 
Okay, the unified view of the world is American nationalism. All right. I think we should emphasize that which brings us together rather than that which takes us apart. How scary. Almost every speaker reported a version of the following. The woke revolution has captured the commanding heights of American education, culture, and even large businesses. Okay, is that wrong? How is that wrong? How is that inaccurate? All right, the left dominates every major institution, except the military and parts of business. From which positions it is spreading and enforcing a noxious left-wing ideology. Okay, so from a conservative perspective, how is that false? How is that not accurate? This poses an existential threat to conservatism, culturally and politically. Conservatives must therefore fight back by using state power to crush their enemies on the left. Oh, so they should instead just uh, you know, fight fair, right? Even though the left dominates the cultural high grounds, the left dominates the means of cultural production, uh, the right shouldn't fight back too hard. They should just leave things to the free market. A notable break for a movement that, in the pre-Trump days, had at least pretended to stand against big government. It well, it did actually stand against big government. Ronald Reagan slashed social welfare spending. The federal government's percentage of the GDP went by one, down by one percentage point from like 19 to 18. That is significant. It's not so much that they had changed their policy goals or even their political strategy as that they had lost faith in the potential for normal politics to function. Every one of them demanded extraordinary measures, what Trump has called iron-fisted rule. Okay, why are they demanding extraordinary measures? Because they see that no matter how often they win at the ballot box, right, such as Proposition 187, right, deny benefits to illegal aliens, that was, that was struck down by the courts. So the right consistently wins at the ballot box, but keeps falling further behind. So yeah, it's probably time to rethink how you do things. The only alternative to political extinction. A few samples of the rhetoric from the stage give the overall flavor. Rachel Bovard, the senior director of policy at the Conservative Partnership Institute. Wokeism is not a fever that will pass, but a cancer that must be eradicated, and the free market won't do it. She added that in this new reality, the only institution with the power to contend with and conquer the woke industrial complex is the government of the United States. Conservative lawyer and former human events publisher Will Chamberlain. We're not in a peaceful environment with the Democratic Party. And the key objective must now be the willingness to use government power to achieve conservative ends. Okay. So what, what was it that uh, Obama's chief of staff said? Never let a crisis go to waste. Right? Both the left and the right try to use power to further you know, what they believe in. Why would you expect anything different? Senator Scott, the militant left wing in this country have become the enemy within. Hillsdale professor David Azarad, imagine if we had a core of Republicans who were committed to defund and humiliate the institutional power sectors of the left. Okay. Two models for the emerging right wing. 
So this isn't very nice, but I don't see what's so shocking. Yeah, there are enemies, there are profound disagreements, uh, there are elements of the right that don't want to cede power to the left. It came up repeatedly. The first was the DeSantis governorship. Attendees were entranced by his war on the left. and part Yeah, compared to Donald Trump, you know, Ron DeSantis seems like a more competent chief executive. Particularly admired his retaliation against Disney for having criticized his restrictions on LGBTQ plus discussions in schools, which critics call the don't say gay law. DeSantis had had the guts to punish one of the state's most powerful firms and, the conferees believed, shown how all of corporate America could be brought to heel. And why would people on the right not applaud that? It seems like an applause-winning action for people on the right. The other model was Orban's Hungary. One attendee can... So Viktor Orban and Hungary have resisted the great migration from the Middle East. Uh, they have maintained their culture. They have not let in all these immigrants from Libya and Syria, places like that. Seems like a good thing to me. I'm way impressed with the seemingly ubiquitous Hungarians. I now have a copy of the latest issue of Hungarian Conservative. Now, I've let my subscription loss uh, lapse to Hungarian Conservative. But uh, I'm just curious, what, what what's the latest? What's the latest issue of Hungarian Conservative all about? These Hungarians were greeted as liberators. And Orban's regime, which has taken control of the judiciary, the press, and the universities, while using corruption to pressure major businesses to support the government, was the object of widespread envy. Ah, so the right should be happy that the left controls universities, the media, much of business, all the professions, parts of the military, schooling. NGOs, the right should just simply be happy to cede that power to the left. The European Union recently voted to withhold funds to Hungary, which it is deemed no longer democratic. Well, if the European Union has decided that, who am I to argue for the European Union? Orban's American admirers see this response merely as confirmation that he is making the correct enemies. DeSantis's liberal critics have sometimes compared his methods to Orban's. Okay, so Viktor Orban and Ron DeSantis weren't effective. Do you think the left would be attacking them as much as they do? But at the conference, this comparison was invoked as praise. A DeSantis spoke... Well, Viktor Orban and Hungary resisted that massive migration and massive numbers of illegal immigrants, right? Why would you not praise that? Why would you not be on board with that? This person pointed to Orban's regime as an inspiration. An Orban spokesperson pointed to DeSantis's government as affirmation of the Hungarian leader's actions. That Orban and DeSantis are both colorless functionaries ought to drive home the fact that this movement is not, as its critics often jeer, a personality cult. Right. It's not a personality cult. It's a reasonable, rational, even healthy response to the left consistently winning on the playing field, the left dominating the means of cultural production, the left you know, dominating many of our institutions. 
uh, Victor Orban and Ron DeSantis are not where these stunning personalities just overwhelm you with their charisma. Many of the conference members retain an affection for Trump, but they are not hung up on him personally so much as they are mobilized to wage war on his enemies. Okay, we did not evolve to be stupid and gullible. He evolved to be very, very good at discerning other people trying to manipulate us. Right? So, people aren't stupid when they support Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Uh, people are furthering their interests. The type of people who supported Hitler did so because he was in alignment with their own interests and values. People who genuinely supported Stalin did so because his way was aligned with their own interests and values. Uh, we did not evolve to be gullible. We weren't born yesterday. We've evolved very sophisticated means of detecting when other people are trying to manipulate us against our best interests. The appeal of semi-fascism in Hungary and its incipient version in Florida lies not... That is just hysterical, right? Victor Orban and semi-fascism and incipient fascism in, in Florida. I mean, Jonathan Chait makes some some good uh, good responses, but uh, he's, he's not exactly... Not exactly being ever particularly strong here. to make some very awkward uh, editing decisions there. <laughs> very awkward uh, move the camera away. I didn't realize I was walking past a, uh, a nude beast beach. Alright, just trying to make a stream and there's suddenly a naked dude showing up on the beach. I mean this is high quality family entertainment and the whole family can gather around enjoy these quality live streams. Uh, try to keep the nudity to a minimum, guys. Seen from the inside, fascist movements historically feel encircled and vulnerable. <sighs> Everyone feels encircled and vulnerable, right? <laughs> Everyone feels like a victim, right? There's no one who doesn't feel like a victim. Like all forms of group identity you know, contain substantial element of victimhood. Right? If you're strongly identifying as Jewish or Christian or black or white, Irish, English, you remember how your people were oppressed and harmed by outsiders, and that, that contributes to your in-group identity. Right? There's nothing fascist about feeling encircled and oppressed. There's a function group identity of which I'm aware. Like I grew up as Seventh-day Adventist and that was the group identity many people had there. Right? We were being persecuted. Right? Ca 
Catholics feel persecuted, Protestants feel persecuted, Jews feel persecuted. Everyone feels persecuted. And the same holds true for today's semi-fascist right. What's more, their sense of weakness is not always a matter of pure imagination. It is true that social values around race and gender have moved leftward since Barack Obama's second term. It's true. Yeah, the left has increasing control of the means of cultural production. That's what's going on. It's true that the mainstream media treats claims by Republicans more skeptically than it has in the past. And it is also true that popular culture and corporate America have reviled Donald Trump. Yeah, that is true. Right? So the right is not content to just lie back and take it. The right is you know, not content to just keep on losing. The survive against an ever you know, onrushing left. This is the heritage track. But wow. from these isolated strands. Here in this article that uh, heritage is a code word for fascist. So this is the fascist track that I'm on right now. Heritage is code word for fascist. I read it in New York Magazine. Jonathan Schitt told me so. Heritage sites, scary, scary places. Where do we go? Over hill, over dale, our love will never fail. It's a reality. The national conservatives have spun a fantastical narrative of victimization. One blind spot in their analysis is that they have dismissed the possibility that liberal society has any capacity to moderate. Uh, really? Right, noticing the unrushing power of the left. But, uh, is that really a blind spot to miss a liberal society's ability to moderate? Uh, moderation doesn't typically get people's blood flowing. Uh, people like extremism. Uh, people like feel passionate. People want to be engaged. People want a righteous mission. People want a crusade, a jihad. Okay, Hermit Point, Nielsen Peak, Shark Beach. Shark Beach. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Want to go to Shark Beach? In the real world, Democrats nominated their most moderate candidate in 2020. The party is now actively funding the police. Thank God for that. And uh, did Joe Biden actually govern as a moderate? No. He tried to be a transformational president of the left. Right? He didn't moderate, didn't govern the moderate way. He didn't try to build across party coalitions.
Thanks, mate. This is just a wonderful walk, isn't it, around Sydney Harbour? And the New York Times op-ed page publishes regular columns denouncing cancel culture. Developments that the National Conservatives' rhetoric presumed impossible. Okay, so when people get fired up, they tend to drop nuance. When people get fired up, they tend to paint their enemies as particularly dastardly and powerful. That's true. That's a good critique. Instead, they have looked at the angry atmosphere of the post-George Floyd protests as the starting point of a social revolution that they fear will only accelerate. Well, that was a very scary time, and it kicked off an enormous increase in murder rates and other forms of crime. So it makes sense to me that uh, professional conservatives would be particularly alarmed about the post-George Floyd era and all the, the left-wing rhetoric about defunding the police and the media and our national elite saying that police are just being too assertive and aggressive. Right? We, we need them to calm down. Right? We need them to back off. Right? We need them to allow more, more illegal behavior. We shouldn't arrest people. We shouldn't be writing so many tickets. And as a result, pedestrian deaths have soared, traffic deaths have soared. No wonder people on the right are alarmed. Oh, come on. National conservative. Come on here. I'm trying to run a very classy YouTube show. Okay. Here we go. So both the left and the right tend to paint caricatures of each other. I agree. Okay, to be continued.